This is the Less Doing Podcast with your host, Ari Mysel. Learn how to optimize, automate, and outsource and be more effective at everything. Hi, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ari Mizell, and I'm an achievement architect. I like to help people optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives and be more effective. Thanks so much for listening in. I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today, and then at the end, I'll have a, a cool interview with Brad Patterson of Write That Name. So if any of you have been reading the blog or been in my classes, you know that I am really against to-do lists because I just think that they make you extremely inefficient and only serve to remind you of all the things that you're not getting done. So a lot of people end up asking me, where do I start? There's so much information here and so many techniques and so many uh, tools and tips. How do I begin? So the very first step, honestly, is to have a clean inbox. And it's Easier than you might think, uh, I strongly, strongly recommend that everybody at least try Gmail. I think that Gmail is an incredible system for productivity. Uh, if you don't really want to switch to Gmail, you can access just about any email account there is through Gmail and use it as your interface and then still benefit from all of the filtering and plugins that Gmail offers. So once you get into Gmail, it's actually really easy to filter out things and clear out your inbox so that, in my case, I'll never have more than 10 emails in my inbox. And I've mentioned this before, but the best single filter that you should install when you set up Gmail is that any email that has the word unsubscribe in it should go out of your inbox immediately. In my case, I like to put that into an optional folder, which I recommend people do, but regardless of what you decide you want to do with it, get it out of your inbox if it has the word unsubscribe in it because I guarantee you it is not something essential. So anyway, start off with a clean inbox and once we get to that, then we want to start looking at your existing to-do list and getting rid of it. So you look at all the tasks that you have and try to figure out when is the best time to do this. And then using something like followup.cc, we want to make that task come to you at the time that you can deal with it. Even if a task has nothing to do with email, you can simply have the reminder come into you by email so that your to-do list becomes two things in your inbox rather than 60 things that you can't deal with right now. And the deal there is that if something is in your inbox, you have three choices. Either you can delete it because it's done, you can defer it because now is not the right time, or you can deal with it. That's it. So if the thing is a long-term project or something that has regular intervals to it, then you have to break it down into smaller chunks and those are the chunks that you want to make come to you at the times that you can deal with them. So it's really that process of just attacking these things one by one until it's gone and then moving forward as things come in you start to learn when your timing is best. But the key is to break those things down and we want you know those kind of bite-sized chunks. And on that note I want to talk about the Pomodoro technique. People often ask me about other productivity methods and there are all sorts of ones out there but the Pomodoro technique is a very specific one as far as uh, kind of time management and and powering through a task, if you will. Basically, what Pomodoro says is you have a, you have a task in front of you, and you work for 25 minutes on it. 
And then no matter what, uh, and they actually have uh, apps and timers that will help you do this. Uh, One that I recommend checking out is called iTomato. And after 25 minutes, a bell goes off and you take a five-minute break. No matter where you are, you take a five-minute break. The nice thing about something like that is that that 25 minutes is referred to as a Pomodoro and you check that off as done. So if the task, for instance, requires, you know, almost two hours of work, and that's roughly four Pomodoros or five Pomodoros, each time you finish a Pomodoro, you are closer and closer to your goal, which has a really interesting psychological effect because it it kind of shows you your progress, and progress, in my opinion, begets progress. Anyway, you take five-minute break, and then you do another one. And after three or four Pomodoros, you take a longer break of 15 to 20 minutes, depending. So in itself, it's a cool technique, but what I like about it is that it almost... If you take it to an extreme, it almost forces you to make a task that can be done in a shorter amount of time, which is really ideal. And I would love if you could break down a task into a 25-minute task. So rather than having to do four Pomodoros to get through a task, you can actually finish an entire task in that 25 minutes. Now, a good example is writing, for instance, or or reading. Let's say reading. So if you've got a 100-page book to read, and you can read a page a minute, and, you know, chapters average 20 pages, let's say, one chapter would be a great goal or a great Pomodoro rather than 50 pages and then you get halfway through it through your Pomodoro. It's still good because you've reached some milestone, but this way you can actually complete them. So if we can break tasks down as small as possible, they become replicable. You can delegate them to other people in some cases, and they become scalable at the same time because we've broken it down to the granularity. So... I like the Pomodoro technique, and you may find it valuable for you. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, a recipe, actually. So I'm a big fan of the kind of high-fat, low-carb diet and not Atkins. Uh, Atkins doesn't place any importance on quality of fats or quality of foods in general. So I don't uh, condone the use of Atkins. However, a true ketogenic diet where you are using good fats and no or low carbohydrates, I think, can have a lot of health benefits and, and really can fuel your mind. Uh, our brains are like hybrid engines, and we run, they run on ketones from fat and glucose from sugar. We produce plenty of sugar and glucose, rather, in our body to fuel our brain. It's the fats that we have problems with because everything is so low fat nowadays, which leads to all sorts of other issues such as not being able to uh, absorb vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are all fat-soluble. So, Good fats like olive oil, avocado, uh, uh, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, grass-fed beef, uh, pastured egg yolks, those kinds of things are really a really great fuel, not just for your body, but as I said, for your mind. So one of my favorite uh, fat salads, as I like to call it, is a mix of arugula lettuce with uh, salmon filet or a salmon burger cooked and broken up, some pecans, some chia seeds. Uh, I personally like to put a little bit of hot sauce, but that's up to you as your preference. A little bit of MCT oil, which is medium-chain triglyceride oil, which is a really, really good fat derived from coconut oil. And then some good quality extra virgin olive oil and a little bit of balsamic vinegar. That salad to me is just delicious, and it's so filling and lasts you throughout the day. It's just a, it's a great salad. And it's also the kind of thing that you can make at the beginning of the week, a huge amount of it, and then put it in the fridge and just leave the dressing on the side so it doesn't get soggy. And then you have a really great 
uh, satisfying meal every day for lunch if you want. On the note of food, there's a new website that just came out called eatthismuch.com. And it tries to take the guesswork out of meal planning. Basically, you put in how many calories you'd like to consume in a day and in, and in how many meals you'd like to do it. So, for instance, 2,000 calories over the course of four meals. And it will break down a meal plan for you. Very simple, very easy to follow. But you can get really specific with it. You can pull out specific kinds of foods that you don't like. You can change around the, the salt and fiber content. And you can even add in a ketogenic diet or a paleo diet or a vegetarian diet, and it will just take away that kind of used brain power that you have to figure out what you're going to eat next or what you're going to do that day. So uh, I definitely recommend checking out eatthismuch.com. It's not as a real guideline. It's just like a nice starting point to figure out how you should divide up meals. And I'm perfectly, I'm completely guilty of having a very bad sense of how many calories are in something. Um, I tend to think that things have a lot more calories than they do and then might eat that and wonder why I'm hungry an hour later. So I'm also throwing in the Sunday solutions into this podcast rather than writing it out as a separate post. Uh, so I talk a lot about creating templates for the tasks that you like to have done on a regular basis for two reasons. One, so that you can make them more efficient because if you break down a task into you know 20 steps or so and then you can figure out that two or three of those steps don't necessarily make sense or there's a step missing, you can really optimize the kind of manual to doing that task with the eventual goal that somebody else, like a virtual assistant, be able to do it for you. So canned responses is a Gmail labs feature that basically allows you to save these template emails. And when you're in Gmail, you can just click it, pick the template you want, it pre-fills it into the email, and you can send it, which is really great. However, because in an, ex in an efficient role, we want to be also as mobile as possible, there needs to be some way of doing this from the iPhone, for instance. So... Of course, you could go search through your email and find that template and then forward it to the assistant or whoever, but that's a little more time-consuming than it needs to be. The iPhone and iPad offer keyboard shortcuts, whereby you can put in a letter combination or a word combination, for instance, and it will replace that with the phrase or word that you have preset. What's interesting about it is there really doesn't seem to be a limit to how long that shortcut can be. So a lot of people might say, uh, you know, ADHR, for instance, gets replaced by your address, which is real simple, three lines, and it's your address. However, I've been able to put entire task instructions with 10 to 15 steps as a keyboard shortcut. So for example, uh, when I teach my Skillshare classes, oftentimes if somebody can't make a class and they'd like to come to a different date, I will provide them with a discount code or a coupon code, rather, so that they can register for another class without having to buy another ticket. Uh, and usually what I would have my, have my assistant do is I would email the person, copy my assistant, and say, please give them a comp code. Uh, I used to have to do that from my computer, but now I, can have a, I have a keyboard shortcut in my iPhone, which is called Skillshare Code with no space in it, and if I write that, it will replace that with an entire paragraph that has six steps to it explaining how to go about creating that comp code and sending it to the person. So I'm now able to send that to my assistant on the go no matter where I am, and it, it makes things really efficient. So 
The Sunday solution is to really drill down and use the keyboard shortcut feature of the iOS operating system in order to get regular tasks done while on the go. So that's kind of it for informational stuff for today. Uh, now we're going to have an interview with Brad Patterson from Write That Name. And uh, Write That Name is a service that integrates with your Gmail. And basically what happens is if someone writes to you and you write back to them, or uh, I think if you just write to them also, it will know that that is a, a person that either you want to have in your address book or you already do when you want updated information. And based on the signature of their email, Write That Name will automatically update your Gmail contacts with either their new information or adding that content from scratch. Uh, it's just one thing you don't have to think about, don't have to worry about. The other person doesn't have to sign up for any new service, and uh, it's, it's really cool. I highly recommend it. So uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Brad. Today we're talking with Brad Patterson, the community manager at Write That Name. It's a service that I... Uh, use on a daily basis and really have enjoyed for a long time. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me today, Brad. Sure, absolutely. It's great to be uh, on board and honored that you uh, invited us. So, first off, tell everybody what Write That Name is. Sure. Write That Name is a Gmail, Google Apps, and soon on Outlook, uh, not a plugin, but a cloud service. Uh, actually, it will be a plugin on, on Outlook. But it automatically captures uh, signature details in any email. So I send you an email with my name, my post, and my telephone number, and whatever else I put there. And it automatically captures that and puts that into your address book and, and Gmail or Google Apps or Outlook. So obviously that's a service that lots of people really need to use. We all have you know, tons of contacts and things are out of date. And there's been services, I think, before that have tried to do something like this, like Plaxo is a really good example. But something like Plaxo, you had to get everybody on your, in your address book to sign up for it, and then it would be constantly updating and changing. Whereas this, in my understanding, and you, know, you can explain better, obviously, is that this is really taking a very intelligent look at the emails that you're getting and receiving to determine new information and updated information from people. Absolutely. That, that is the, the big difference. Uh, the, the core team uh, are four PhDs in computational linguistics. So the, when we're parsing emails to, to figure out what is semantically what we want to find or not, there's a lot in the engine and a lot of the thinking going behind it. So it's, it's standalone in that sense that it grabs that information, knows exactly what it is and where to put it uh, right now in French and in English, and we'll probably expand to Spanish pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it is different than, than other services that have tried to bring everyone on board or pull in information from social networks. We're more standalone in that sense. So now, I, I know the answer to this, obviously, but for, for the people listening, like, do does it just automatically update everything, or do you have a choice? Or how did, how did, and how does it know if you really want to have that person in your contacts or not? Sure, sure. Uh, great question and a, a couple answers. Number one, you said update. So I, I said it captures information, but not only do we see the information the first time that you correspond with someone, but also every time after when you correspond with them, we double-check that that signature has not changed so that that information is always up to date. Um, now, what kind of control can you have over as a user? There are two services. One is automatic and one is manual validation. So uh, about, about, I would say the majority of our clients, about 80% use automatic. It just, 
it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of thing. Um, and then some people want to have just a little bit more control over uh, the contact information that's going in their address book. Um, so those, those people will manually validate and, and edit or add notes to some of the contact information. Um, then the last thing is uh, there's a, uh, a part of the system that keeps um, what you would call spam or bacon or newsletters, all those things. Even if there is a signature in it, um, we have a system that would never add that um, because basically you have to have communicated with that person directly uh, back and forth with them. Um, before we would detect that it's someone that is what we would call a trusted source and someone to be added to your address book. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's obviously really great, um, and, it, and it does work really well now, but that's, and that's also, obviously, that's great for new contacts and new emails, but what about the 5,000 contacts that I already have? Yeah, um, so there, there's, there's two things. Uh, we, we can go back into your history and update. Uh, typically, we only do a year because going back further, sometimes the contacts might not be uh, pertinent or something that you uh, would necessarily need now. Um, but we can go back and do a history and, and update your contacts just like we do the day-to-day -day service. Um, right now, uh, Write That Name doesn't have uh, a cleanup service, per se. We're more on the update and, and, and bringing things uh, um, uh, more, more, more. Just making sure that everything is in order now. We don't. We we haven't. We've been considering putting in our roadmap kind of a cleanup tool to to go back and make sure that only important contacts are kept in your address book. But that's not quite where we are yet. We're more expanding towards uh, other uh, email clients and then also CRM clients like Salesforce and HiRise. Okay. Well, so there's a good actual segue. So first of all, you guys have some big news that you made an acquisition today, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the kind of opposite acquisition. It's where the, the French company acquires the American company, whereas Google just acquired Sparrow this week. It's, it's been a fun week for, for French startups. <laughs> uh, and so what is the plan with Boxcar? So Boxcar is a, um, it's a notification platform, so it's push notifications, and it was really, really big, and the first one to bring that out on the iPhone back in 2009 um, so we're going to try to integrate some of those uh, push notifications and iPhone, uh, iOS kind of uh, development into Write That Name, um, and then also bring some of uh, the semantic intelligence from Write That Name into Boxcar as well. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, and Boxcar is a great platform, so I think that that's a that's probably or not probably, but that's definitely a. Uh, well-suited marriage, if you will. Um, what are some uh, other plans for the future with Write That Name? Um, we're, we're expanding, as I said, into other CRMs. We're honing the service and, and, and mostly like client front ways. Um, and we're just really working on distribution, so we're working a lot on the enterprise market and, and making the Obviously, if you're a Gmail or Google Apps user, it's, it's very easy to use the service. But once you move into more professional environments, there's a lot more need that, uh, that those companies have. So we're, we're gearing our, our application more to the enterprise market now as well. Gotcha. Um, have you guys done any kind of metrics about how much time you're – I mean, I have an idea actually, but how much time you might be saving people by not having to have them deal with this kind of stuff? <laughs> Um, the, the, the fun metrics that we do have are, are the number, the number of, um, 
you know, contacts uh, that we've updated since we started, which uh, I don't want to say anything silly, but I think it's, oh, I have, I, I'll have to look it up here in a second. It's either 1.5, I'll, I'll look it up in a second. But um, so, so we do have metrics on how many contacts we've updated for all of our user base. As far as time saves, um, it's, it's time saved up front that you're not copying and pasting it. Uh, and it's also that kind of, uh, it's the kind of task that no one wants to be doing in it, and, and so it's also uh, you know, kind of a stress-building task, if you will. But also there's, there's the, the behind the times uh, for every contact when you need to go and find their information or call them or, uh, or find out where their address is. It's just in your address book. It's on your iPhone if you have it synced. Um, so it's saving you time up front but also behind as well. Um, we haven't really we haven't really done metrics exactly on how much time that's saving you, but it's, you know anywhere between a minute to ten minutes per contact that it adds, and some people are adding a thousand contacts a year, so that certainly adds up. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if, if so, you said about one point five million, maybe. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it right now to to be able to tell you, uh, and I'll and I'll have it up. It's in one of my Google documents right here because we just did the press release on some. And, uh, well, I mean, the, the point there is that if even if it is, if it's about 1.5 million, and, and you're probably right that it takes you know between 45 seconds and a, and a minute to update the context. So you're, we're talking about you've probably saved people about 25,000 hours of their time, which is pretty good. So <laughs> um, I think that that's uh, that's a very important metric and something that is definitely definitely worthwhile. Um, obviously, on this show and on the blog, I'm always talking about things that people just should not be doing themselves and if we can automate those things or outsource them and this is clearly a really really good example of automating in order to save time so uh, that's that's really good uh, so the last thing that I just want to ask you personally is since you work for a company that has saved so many thousands of hours on people what is what are your top three personal productivity kind of rules or tips that you live by Sure. Um, you know, the, the first one is is I'm I'm a community manager, so I have to be on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus, email and our and our personal social or our professional social network. And uh, actually, I have a couple different projects going on. So always the potential to be multi-path too much. Um, so my number one tip is is to monotask as much as can. Set up you know 15 minute sessions where you're just doing one task. You have um, and I also try to turn off uh, the other channels that would be coming in as a community manager when I'm focusing on one task. Uh, so monotasking, which isn't anything revolutionary, but I think we need to repeat it to us as many times as we can a day. I completely agree. So, yeah. Um, and I, I guess coming from also the community management perspective, so I could share uh, that with your listeners. Um, there's, there's a couple email solutions that, that uh, for me, are, are really wonderful. And one that helps me get to zero inbox that I'll do a quick plug for is Boomerang. Um, and uh, so for, for me, that just keeps only the things that I need in front of me when I need them in front of me. Um, and basically, it, it will bring them back at another time in your email when it's more appropriate or to follow up with someone in a week when you're supposed to. Um, so, are you do you use Boomerang? Oh yes, I definitely do, and I also am very much about only having in front of you the things that you can work on at any given time. My my 
philosophy is that if it's in your email box, if, if it's in your inbox, it needs to be dealt with, deferred, or deleted. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So we're on the same page with that. Um, a third tip. Um, I think the third tip that you know, we were talking about just before we started talking, Ari, is um, just physical activity. Uh, the days when, when I go to the pool or the days when I do a little bit of yoga just, just seem to flow so much better. Though, you know, it's, it's another obvious tip, but, but for me, I, I know that just like I repeat number one and number two tips, uh, it's, just, it's just one that I always try to keep present in my daily productive habits. That, that, uh, that's a perfectly good one, and I, I'm, physical activity is a, is a huge part of my productivity as far as I'm concerned. So those are three really, really good tips. Um, so again, thank you so much. This is, uh, we're talking with Brad Patterson, the community manager at Write That Name. Uh, and to find out more, Brad, they just go to? Yeah, you can go to Write That Name, uh, and we'll see exactly what we're doing, and, and but to have you on board. Great. Thanks a lot, Brian. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Eric.